This is Making Babies, a podcast all about pregnancy. Pregnancy can be such a confusing and anxious time when parents are completely focused on the health of the mother and baby. There are so many questions and so much to learn about all the recommendations and current trends in pregnancy and childbirth. We hope this podcast can offer some answers in a scientific and medically accurate way and along the way provide some really interesting conversations. I'm Blythe Bernhard, medical reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I'm in my second pregnancy. So I share your curiosity and excitement about this incredible journey that is making babies. Today, we're talking about vaccines. Doctors recommend that pregnant women get certain vaccines during their pregnancies to protect them from some infectious diseases, but also to offer some protection to the baby after they're born. Joining us is Dr. Christina Meadows-Jackson, an obstetrician gynecologist with Mercy Clinic in St. Louis. Hello. Hello, how are you? Great, thank you so much. Um, so first of all, how are vaccines tested in pregnant women? How do we, how do we know that it's safe? So vaccines, when they are developed, they go through numerous uh, clinical trials and tests. Uh, a lot of, for the most part, it's pregnant women are not included in these trials. We do have, uh, we have um, all sorts of phases of these trials. After a vaccine is out, there is uh, the CDC and the FDA established a vaccine adverse event reporting system. This is where if there's any adverse events or anything, they can report this and complete any data that they might need on these vaccines. The vaccines that are recommended in pregnancy are typically the flu vaccine and the whooping cough vaccine. The whooping cough vaccine that is on the market has no studies in pregnant women. Um, It is a Category C uh, medication. The flu vaccine, there are animal studies in, in pregnant animals, uh, that were safe, but there have been no human studies in that, which makes it a category B medication. So over time, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of women, maybe more, have had these vaccines in their pregnancy. Um, and with the ad- adverse event reporting, there have been no links to anything uh, conferring safety with these vaccinations. So no good, good scientific clinical data, but long-term evidence showing that there is no harm with these vaccines. All right. Well, um, as you know, some people are nervous or reluctant about getting any kind of vaccine, and, and maybe pregnant women are even more so. So what do you say to your, to your patients who, who might uh, be reluctant to, to get those shots? Well, this can be a, a, a pretty long conversation sometimes. I usually start with uh, the CDC's recommendations for pregnant women to get vaccines. Uh, a, lot of pre- a lot of women are, you know, kind of say, okay, that's, you know, the CDC recommends it. You know, they're the, they're the people in the United States that help dictate who should get what. And, um, and I always tell them, I'm like, I'm not smarter than the CDC. This is what their recommendations are. Right, so, right. Um, and then if, if they if they still have questions, I start talking about the different 
diseases that we are vaccinating against, specifically the flu and the whooping cough vaccine, and, and really what that can mean in pregnancy and, and you know, why preventing it would be very important. So um, so I, I talked to him about that, and, it, you know, a lot, you know it's, that's usually where my conversation goes. So you do a lot of blood work at the beginning of a woman's pregnancy, right? And when I um, was pregnant with my first baby, the doctor said, oh, you don't have any antibodies left uh, or any immunity against rubella, um, even though I had gotten those shots as a kid. But, um, you know, and rubella can be really serious and cause birth defects, miscarriages and birth defects. Um, but, you know, it wasn't something that I could get. I couldn't catch up with the shot during the pregnancy. Why, why is that? So the MMR, or the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, is a live attenuated vaccine. Live vaccines have the potential for infecting the unborn baby. And because there's the risk of fetal damage that we can't definitely exclude, we do not recommend the use of live vaccines during pregnancy. However, um, the, uh, rubella is really not you know, circulating in the United States, which it, 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 it makes it a little bit better, but, uh, but that's, uh, so we do get those women vaccinated after pregnancy. We give them a booster MMR vaccine. Right. Okay. So yeah, I got mine, uh, while I was still in the hospital, um, after the delivery, but yeah, luckily it's, it's not a disease that circulates in the U S. Um, but this was a pretty serious problem. I mean, before the vaccine was introduced, that was in the in the 1960s, there was an epidemic, right, that were where uh, rubella right. caused 11,000 miscarriages, um, you know, 2,100 deaths of newborns, and then 20,000 more babies with birth defects, according to the to the CDC. Um, but is that is that immunity to rubella, or I guess not having any immunity to rubella left? Is that something you see quite often, or is it pretty rare? We we do see it occasionally. Um, the it's it, you know every it, we do see it occasionally. Uh, the vaccine that's given in childhood it's usually in to, two doses. These the childhood doses are supposed to cover a child for a lifetime, but occasionally we see that a woman is not. But again, um, you know, in 2005, rubella was eliminated from the United States, thankfully, due to the vaccination program. Uh, we do see it occasionally, um, sometimes with, uh, with any immigrants coming over. Um, there, it, we do see very rare cases in the United States uh, from immigrants. But, it, but overall, rubella has been eliminated, um, thankfully, to the vaccine program. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a disease that's uh, much more common, of course, um, the flu. Uh, yes. Every every fall and winter, um, the flu is going to come around. So, pregnant women are considered a high risk group, right? So, why are pregnant women particularly susceptible, um, both to catching the flu and then when they do catch it, to having a more serious illness? Pregnant women when they do not have, their immune system is not as um, great when they are pregnant. Um, this is um, the cell-mediated immunity, but um, it's, um, they're just not as immune to things as they are when they're, 
when, when they're not pregnant. Also, there's a lot of physiological changes to pregnancy. There's uh, increased heart rate, increased oxygen consumption, a decreased lung capacity, and these are all changes that are thought to uh, make a woman more susceptible to catching the uh, the flu virus. Um, we have seen during the pandemics in the past that pregnant women were more likely to die from the flu. Um, before the 2009 H1N1 or the swine flu um, pandemic, uh, we knew that pregnant women had increased rates for hospitalization during flu season with um, respiratory disease. And then when we saw the 2009 swine flu pandemic, there was a disproportional amount of deaths in women that were pregnant. Pregnant women make up about 1% of the population, and during the pandemic, they made up about 5% of all the deaths. So um, also, they, we saw that they were more, uh, they were more likely to be in, in the hospital. Since the 2009 swine flu pandemic, we have seen that, um, we've also seen that pregnant women are more likely to be hospitalized into the intensive care unit than the general population. All right. Um, yeah, and that, that H1N1 or swine flu that you're talking about, that virus has kept circulating each winter uh, since 2009, since the epidemic. And uh, it's expected to be around again this winter. So luckily, it's, it's been included in, in the subsequent flu vaccines every year. Um, and like you said, the H1N1 virus has been pretty harsh on pregnant women. But still, only about, I mean, the CDC estimates that only about half of pregnant women are actually getting the flu shot every year. I mean, why do you think that number's not higher? Well, I think this is a, 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 a problem with both providers and, um, and, and patients. I think that there are a lot of providers out there that aren't talking to their patients about the, their pregnant patients about the flu vaccine. Uh, the, you know, studies show if a provider talks to their pregnant patient about the flu vaccine, they're more likely to get it. And furthermore, if they per- talk to them about the flu vaccine and they offer it in their office, then the patient is even more likely to get it. So opening that conversation up with the patient, I think, is very, very important. Just say, hey, you know, we recommend this and this is why. The other part is the patient. They're, you know, I think in general, a lot of people in the, you know, general public, just there's a mistrust of, you know, these vaccines and what are they and, um, you know, are they safe? There have been, you know, the media has picked up things and there's been things with you know, celebrities saying that vaccines cause autism and, and people, um, you know, they, 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 you think about it and, and you know, they're, they are not, they haven't looked at the studies and, and they hear all this and it makes them question. So, Talking to their providers about the you know the data that we do have and the reason why we get these vaccines and the the importance and what could happen if you don't, with, along with the data that you know we do not have specifically the data of the autism and things like that. There's nothing been linked to that in the from vaccines, so that is still an unknown entity. Why why autism is. It has such a higher prevalence that we can suspect something, but we still, as a community, really just don't know why. So 
And then other people will say to you, oh, you know, I get the flu every time I get the flu vaccine. And I think this goes along with the providers talking to their patients about, you know, really what the flu vaccine is. Some people do feel like they get the flu after they get the flu vaccine because they are now producing antibodies against the flu. And those antibodies do tend to make people feel sick. So, so just, you know, the providers talking to the patients, the patients asking questions and you know, kind of understanding why we are recommending these vaccines. Yeah, I mean, and I hear people say all the time, um, well, I've, I never get the flu, or it's just the flu, so I, I can handle it. But as we mentioned, the flu can be pretty serious for pregnant women. Um, so right, right. Do pregnant women need to get a special kind of flu shot, or can you just go to Walgreens like anybody else? Um, yes and no. So there are two, the flu shot comes in two different, well, technically three different forms. The, there's the injection form and then there is the inhaled form. The inhaled form is the live virus, just similar to the MMR that we talked about earlier. Um, so we do not recommend that the woman get the nasal spray um, flu vaccine. Uh, we do recommend that they get the injection. The injection does come in two forms. Um, there is a preservative, again, back to the, um, you know, the, the, the hypotheses of, you know, problems with um, the flu shot. Um, there's a, a preservative in the flu shot called thimerosal. Thimerosal is a mercury-based uh, preservative. It has, it was once hypothesized to possibly cause um, some neurologic defects or possibly autism, but these hypotheses have been um, have, have not been proved, proven to be true. So, there, so it's okay for a woman to get a normal flu shot that has the preservative in it. However, the non-preservative form is available out there for um, those who would like to have the uh, non-preservative form. All right. And and what about the whooping cough vaccine or pertussis uh, that you mentioned earlier? Um, why is why is that one recommended for all pregnant women? So whooping cough is a uh, it's a highly contagious respiratory illness. Um, its symptoms usually include a violent coughing attack, an inspiratory whoop or uh, vomiting after coughing. The problem is it's transmitted through airborne aerosolized water droplets. Um, the recommendation for getting a whooping cough vaccine during pregnancy is relatively new in the last um, probably five, five or so years. Um, we have had a vaccine for the whooping cough since the 1940s, but since the 1970s, there's been a steady increase in uh, reported cases of the whooping cough. Um, the, we're not really sure why we're seeing more of it. We're not sure if it's just being more reported, if it's being more diagnosed, if our vaccine isn't working as well, um, if, the, if the whooping cough, the bug itself is changing. We're not 100% sure, but we are seeing more of it. Um, the problem with the whooping cough is that most adults and children and adolescents, they get the, the, the terrible cough, the that um, goes along with it. But babies can be, uh, can get really sick from the whooping cough. Uh, That's babies, they, you said, right? What's that? Babies can get really sick from whooping cough. 
yeah, so babies can get really sick from whooping cough. They tend, they can be, be require hospitalizations or they can even die. So with the increased amount of the whooping cough that we have seen, the previous recommendation a few years ago was just to make sure that everybody gets a whooping cough and we were giving the whooping cough vaccine after a woman delivers. However, we've seen now that when a woman gets, a pregnant woman gets the whooping cough vaccine, she increases her antibodies to the vaccine or to the whooping cough and she can pass these uh, antibodies through the placenta to the baby and this can protect the baby for the first couple of months of life from getting the whooping cough. The baby can't get the whooping cough until they're two or whooping cough vaccine until they're two months old and this will help them while they uh, don't have that immunity to bridge that. All right. So then are you also recommending that other members of the household who are close to baby get the vaccine as well? Absolutely. We we definitely recommend that because it, it's not 100% that the mom gets it, but, you know, it's, it's uh, called cocooning. So we put a baby in a little vaccinated cocoon. So everybody who's going to be around the baby is vaccinated and therefore the, the, the risk of the baby getting uh, the whooping cough significantly decreases. 50% of whooping cough that babies get comes from family members. And most of the time it's the mom, but it is can be other family members. So um, so it does, you know, help them with that, um, with not getting it because it just, it's an airborne, airborne thing. So um, I guess there's two ways then that baby can benefit from mom and other, from mom getting the vaccines um, while she's pregnant. As you said, the antibodies can pass through the placenta, so baby has some, but then also baby isn't getting exposed, or the chances of baby getting exposed is going to be much lower if their family members have been vaccinated. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, um, again, we've been joined on the phone by Dr. Christina Meadows-Jackson, an obstetrician-gynecologist with Mercy Clinic, and thank you for joining us. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. Uh, You can check out this podcast and others on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, or Google Play Music. And while you're there, check out the best podcast in baseball featuring writers Derek Gould and Benjamin Hockman for the latest on the Cardinals. Thank you.